Look around at our society. There are laws and rules everywhere. Some make sense, like everybody driving on the right side of the road. Some seem to be silly, like driving on a parkway and parking in a driveway. However, if we had no rules, there would be total chaos. Everybody would do whatever they wanted, and there would be no way to resolve conflict. As Christians, we listen to the commands of Jesus, and we are supposed to obey all that he has told us. In some of Jesus' final instructions to us, he delivered what we call the Great Commission, giving us the task of reaching out to those who need him, instructing them on how to plug in to God and the church body, and discipling the new believer. Where are you at in this process? Are you plugged in and tuned to reach the lost? Are you in need of first getting connected? Hello, and welcome to God's Word for You for today from Liberty Lake Church. Today we have a special message by our newly appointed pastor, Shane Fries. We will be looking at several passages today, so take out your Bible and open it to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and follow along with Pastor Shane as he walks us through the details of the church's mission statement and how it relates to Jesus' commands in the message titled, Our Mission. Good. I'm glad I didn't see any of the old people take off running down there because that's where I would go as well if I had the option. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. How many of us are really good with transition? Anybody else nervous? I know that that can be a, uh, a tendency when things change, right? Uh, I, uh, I feel you, because uh, this has been quite a change for my bride and I, and, and we're very excited. And one of the great blessings for us is that uh, we didn't have to move this time. And as many of you know, wow, what a challenge that is to change locations and, and to change places, but uh, we're not doing that. And uh, so we're very excited, and it's a real privilege for us to be here. Um, I, I was thinking about starting, in fact, next week we're going to start uh, uh, in the book of First Peter, in a process through that. I might have to stand still today. I won't be able to preach. Um, stay out of the middle? Okay. Aren't I in the middle? Okay, we're going we're gonna to make this work. I don't know if you guys have done this or not yet. Uh, my, my plan this morning is uh, hopefully to put us at rest a little bit, to, to take some of the pressure off, because uh, I'm not here to change anything. Um, I, I'm here to be part of your family. And uh, it's going to take me a little bit. Okay, I didn't move that time. <laughs> is there an aluminum hat I can put on? Maybe that would help. Um, but I'm here to be part of the family. And the reality is, I need to get to know you guys as, as well as you need to get to know me. And so I look forward to that opportunity. I look forward to that privilege. Um, but I want to share with you one of the exciting things for me about coming to Liberty Lake. 
and it happens to be on your web page. And I know that sounds a little odd, uh, but we will get to the Bible um, because it's about the Bible. Uh, but I want to share with you something that's on your web page that's very exciting to me. Uh, and I don't know if you've been there recently. I would encourage you to go and do that, uh, but to jump in there and go to the page that says about us. Because uh, when I first started thinking about coming here, you know where I went to find out who you people were? I went to your webpage because it says about us. And so I thought, what better spot for me to learn about this church called Liberty Lake? One of the first things that you'll find on there uh, is the vision statement that is here. And, and I was very excited as I interacted with the elders. I said, do you believe this? Is, is, this, is this really what you guys uh, believe? Is this who we are? And they said, absolutely. And so um, I want to share with you the vision statement of Liberty Lake Church. And we're going to talk about it a little bit this morning. It says, our vision is to reach the people in the inland northwest and beyond with the love of Jesus Christ. Connect them to his family and make fully devoted disciples for generations to come. Uh, I really enjoy the next paragraph. So I'm going to read this, the Welcome to Liberty Lake Church. We are so glad that you are desiring to learn more about this church family. Our vision is to reach people with the love of Christ Jesus, connect them to his family, and make disciples. Our approach to achieving this vision is an attempt in authenticity. We don't pretend to be perfect, have it all together, and yet we follow the one who does, Jesus. I love that. I can do that, right? Can we agree to do that? I think that that's amazing. And I'm very excited to be part of that process. I don't know if you noticed this morning, but we planned all of those interruptions so that you know we're not perfect. <laughs> that was all part of the strategy. Now that your expectations are lowered just a little bit, we can enjoy the rest of the service. We're going to look at several different passages this morning. Uh, Matthew 28 uh, is, gonna, is kind of our theme passage, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. But I want to take us on a bit of a journey about making disciples and what, how I see uh, my role in us fulfilling uh, this vision statement. Um, I have a saying that I picked up from Enius Valley, uh, actually, and, and you'll know, you'll, you'll recognize that in our time together as we talk about things that I've learned from uh, doing church or being involved in a church out in Enius Valley. Um, and when you start doing services in a tent at 30 below zero, your whole perspective on church changes. Um, there's a value there that you can't earn in a heated building with running toilets. Not running toilets, working toilets. We had running water and working toilets. But we, we said we took a rigid stand on flexibility. Now let that, just think about that for a minute. We take a rigid stand on flexibility. Part of doing ministry and being in life together is having the ability to flex with one another and being persistent that we're going to be flexible with one another and gracious with one another. And I think you'll see that as we get into the aspect of being part of the body. But the per first part of our vision statement here is to reach the people in the in inland northwest and beyond with the love of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a ton of verses that we could talk about, John 3.16 and, and many, many others that talk about sharing our faith and, and being the gospel and God's desire for the lost uh, to know Him as Savior. And I, and I agree with all of those, um, but I want to I look at a little different passage this morning, and I, I hope you'll understand why as we get there. But I see us needing to reach two different people, not only the lost, but also the unchurched, or we, we would call them the disenfranchised, those who have been wounded or, or hurt or somehow disconnected from the body of Christ. 
And, and I don't know if you've noticed in our communities, uh, but there's a whole bunch of, of those groups. In fact, I had the privilege of meeting a gentleman outside of Arby's this week. And as we were talking about cars, and, and, and for whatever reason, that seems to be the, one of the, my best ways into people's lives is talking about cars. Um, we talked a little bit about what I do. And he's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, starting on Sunday, tomorrow, I'm going to be meeting uh, our new family at this church that we're going to be pastoring. And, and what an opportunity it was to talk about the Lord. But where was his story at? Was he lost? Did he need Jesus? Or had he been in a church at some point in his past and got wounded and left? You know, I don't really know. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we all come from the same place and we all need the same Savior. And we need the same need to come to the same conclusion. That when we come to reaching people, we're reaching them with Christ. And everyone needs to experience that. Look with me, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 2. And I know you guys just went through this, so reminder, I, re I realize, well, when did you go through this? It's been a little while, right? A month or so? A few months? Look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. I, I love this uh, because it's such an encouragement to me and a reminder for me. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the worldly age, according to the ruler of the atmospheric domain, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And by nature we were children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is abundant in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. By grace you are saved. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. One of the reasons I love that text is it starts out with us being dead and ends with us being gifted by a God who's designed us for his good works and blessed us with his grace. Now, how do you look at people when we come to the idea of reaching the lost? You know, one of the challenges for me is sometimes not getting angry at them for being sinners. I don't know if that ever bothers you. Um, <laughs> had somebody open their door into my car and left a little dent in the car. Some of you feel my pain. Thank you. <laughs> Some of you really don't care right now. You're like, what's the big deal? Do you know that every one of us have a point in our lives where if we run into people, we can, we can really not like them? We can really struggle with who they are? And I, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm very frustrated with myself at times because as I look at how Christ treated the lost, how he cared for those who were not in relationship with him, his heart broke for them. 
And I believe part of that's because he had an eternal view. He saw their destination. He recognized where they were going to be. And he also recognized, just as Paul did, that we are all in the same place without him. Without Jesus, I would be just like, I would still be dead. I would still be lost. And so what a great thing for us to remember as we consider our vision of reaching the lost. Who is it that's lost that you know? Who are the disenfranchised or the unchurched that you live next to? I have such a privilege of living next to Don Anderson. I don't know if you know Don Anderson. If you don't know Don Anderson, I would encourage you to know him. At some point, I'll hopefully introduce him to you. He doesn't live here. Uh, he, I mean, he lives here. He doesn't come to church here. Um, but I was actually talking with him yesterday, and he was sharing with me his passion for the new neighbors that just moved into the street, uh, into a house right across the street from us. We, li- we live next door to each other. He looked at me and said, Shane, I don't want to die until this couple knows Jesus. And I just thought, man, that's a heart for the lost. That's a heart for the lost. And so we spent part of our evening hanging out with our kids because that's a great way to get into a home, invite their kids over and hang out with them. It's one of our strategies. Who is it that you know that's lost? Who is it that you know that is the unchurched, that needs Christ? The truth, truth be told, we could actually spend an entire sermon just on this principle, and we're not going to tonight, but today. So you'll have to forgive me. I've been preaching for the last year and a half at night. So this is going to take me a little bit of time to get used to being in the sunlight, I guess. So that's daytime when the sun's out, right? Okay, we'll work on that. The second part of our vision statement is to connect them to his family. Now, this is a very profound concept of connecting them, and I believe that there's two pieces to this. Part of the process of us being in a disciple-making church is that we are helping people to connect in their relationship with God and their relationship with others. And I believe that we can we see what Jesus says about that in John chapter 17. Look at what he sees in the prayer that he's praying for his disciples in relationship to God the Father, Him, and us. John 17, verse 21. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so the world may believe you sent me. I have been really wrestling with this oneness thing. Uh, as you go through Ephesians and you read other, other parts of of the epistles and, and what Jesus says about his body and his father and his relationship with him, clearly there's a oneness aspect of that, right? And would you guys all agree with me that being one with God is great? Isn't that, I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? How many of you feel at one with God? How many of you feel intimately connected to his word, that you couldn't live a moment without hearing from him? that you wouldn't make a decision without actually consulting him first. Sometimes we do. Many days we do. And in other days, we feel like the psalmist David. And we say, Lord, where are you? Don't you notice what I'm going through? I, not feeling good today. This hurts. We experience both of those things, I believe, in this relationship with God. And you know what? I'm really okay with that. And I'm okay with the oneness aspect of God. I don't feel like I'm there. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be in that. I would like 
to know God more. I would like to know Jesus more intimately. I would like to be more intimately connected to his word, more desperate for his counsel. But I'll be really honest with you, the challenge that I have found in my life has been this connectedness to his body, to the church. How many of us feel one to our family, the church? The problem was it would be really cool if we could say, yeah, we're really connected to a couple of them. I'm one with a few of you. But to say that we are one body, that we experience the oneness of God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we experience that oneness within the context of the body, I think that's pretty tough. But I think it's a grand, grand thing. I look forward to the opportunity to do that. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. For the Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, according to the grace given to us, which have different gifts. And he, go, he continues on and explains more about the gifts and, and the diversity that God has given in the body. The challenge for me, you guys, is that I really associate well with people that like the things that I like. Um, I've encouraged some of you that you don't have to panic. Ford will not become a requirement for membership in this church. It's okay. If you drive Chevys, I still love you. I'm working on the other brands. No, the, the truth of the matter is, is that it's so easy for me to associate with people that like the things that I like or think the way that I think. It's an incredible blessing that my bride is completely opposite to me. Do you know who's blessed by that? Not only me, unfortunately, probably not my bride as much, but the rest of the church is blessed by the fact that I've married someone completely opposite to me. Because in God's sovereignty, I've spent the rest of my life learning how to value her and her differences and her gifts and what she brings to the complete oneness of our marriage that God is working on. And it's the same way for us as the church. If we all agreed on stuff, if we all had the same thoughts, we would probably get along well. But we wouldn't get much done. We wouldn't reach the world with the gospel. We wouldn't be equipped to care for one another and to do the mission that God has called us to do. What does it mean for us to be one here? To each know where we belong. To each know what God's called us to do. To each know that we're loved. That we're appreciated. You know, we do that with our children, right? I mean, at least that's our goal. They never disappoint us. They never don't appreciate our counsel. 
right? They, they follow all your suggestions. Nobody has trash bags hanging on their door of their boys' rooms trying to suggest to them that there's stuff in their room that needs to leave because the respirator to go in there and do the work was too expensive. Families are messy. I believe it was by design. I believe God knew this when he designed the family. And he said, this is my plan for you. It is in this setting that we're going to learn to die to ourselves and follow Christ to oneness in caring for one another. Man, isn't that exciting? You guys ready for that? Oh, that, I think that's some of the hardest work is this part right here of connecting to one another as a family as God would design us, as God, as God would have us to do. But it's in your mission statement. It's your fault. <laughs> You've chosen to believe this. And so we get to go after that. I'm so excited about that. It's one of the great mysteries and, and beauties of Scripture. I would encourage you to take, as you read through the Old Testament, any time this year, look for family or, or relational uh, uh, phrases that God uses in, in uh, His discussion about Israel. Whether it's from failure in marriage to the covenants that He takes them into. Look at how God talks about Israel all throughout the Old Testament. He spends a ton of time referencing them as a bride or, or, or as a marriage covenant or them being unfaithful. Even in the Old Testament, God saw this marriage connection, this oneness that comes from this, connecting the body together to be a beautiful thing. You can find other texts around this. If you go into Ephesians chapter 5, Paul gives a great discussion on the whole concept of marriage and the oneness that comes in the body as we surrender to Christ, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And now finally, as we're almost done, we're at our text. But I promise I'm not starting the sermon. I just, we know this passage, right? What's the Great Commission? Go, make disciples, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them to obey. And Jesus says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. What a beautiful, beautiful passage. What a great commission for us, right? So do we believe that we are here to make disciples? I believe that from our mission statement, it says that we are. Recognizing that the going process, this is as we go, we are making disciples. I loved one of our guest speakers at the conference. I was at the district conference this last, yesterday, um, in Missoula, and uh, one of our guys there, he was preaching on this text, and, and he referenced that, that the idea here behind the baptism was not just about getting them wet, but it's the idea of immersing them in the character and the personal of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> this is more than just filling our heads with knowledge. This is about following Christ. It's about applying the things that we know that we read in Scripture to our lives so that we live them out. The whole idea of making disciples is amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. But I believe that there's a critical part to this whole thing. 
The only way that we're going to make disciples, the only way that we're going to connect as a body, connecting to God and connecting to one another in the oneness that he's called us to, the only way that we will reach the lost with the gospel is if we first are disciples ourselves. Is if you and I are convinced of the truth of the gospel, if we are convinced of the value of the body life of the church, if we are convinced that following Christ is our primary and most important focus in this life, you guys know I love cars, right? You ever heard that before? I love other things. I love trucks too. I like motorcycles. I like most things that go fast. But you know what's so much more important than all that? It's the heart and soul of my neighbor just down the street. It's the soul of the gentleman next to me that keeps calling the fire department whenever I start my campfire out back in my backyard. <laughs> Got to tell you, being Jesus-like for him, with him is really getting tough. But I might get a chance to witness to some of the firemen if they keep showing up. <laughs> <sighs> Look at what John says in 1 John chapter 2. And if you've heard this before, I apologize. This is one of my new favorite passages. It's one of the great joys of my life, one of the great convictions of my life. I believe that the only way for us to successfully accomplish this vision that you have set in your, it's in our mission statement, it's on the webpage here at Liberty Lake Church, which I believe is now my mission statement and vision, is that we would take this to heart. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. This is how we are sure that we have come to know him. By keeping his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him without keeping his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Brothers and sisters, our call is to be disciples. It is to follow Christ. It is to pursue him and to know him. And I believe that as he does that, he will exercise Ephesians 2.10 and he will reveal in us, he will grow in us the craftsmanship that he has laid before the foundations of the earth in every one of his children. And he will give us the direction, he will give us the power, and he will give us his strength to accomplish those tasks and to shine the light of the gospel into a lost and dying world. It's very scary to think about this, but... The United States is fast is quickly becoming one of the largest mission fields and one of the least, uh, uh, I guess I would say, transformed groups in the world. We have one of the low, lowest conversion rates in the world right now for gospel conversion. One of the lowest. And yet if you look at the money spent on doing Sunday morning services, I don't remember the number. It's somewhere in the hundreds of thousands per convert. I, I don't have the number accurate. But somehow the American church right now is spending somewhere in the over $100,000 per convert. I, I think it's quite possibly because we're not convinced of these truths. 
So what's God called us to do? What's God called us to be as a body? I believe the vision of reaching the lost, connecting to his family, and being disciples is a great, great mission. And I'm excited to be on it with you. Woo! All right, deep breath. Are we okay? I'm excited about this, you guys. I, uh, my bride and I have got to watch God move and work in the last few months for us. Uh, not how we expected, which I'm finding that I should just stop trying to get ahead of him um, and figure it out. But we're very excited to see what God's going to do and to, be, to partner with this family, to become part of this family as we watch what God's doing. My passion is that each and every one of us would find such joy and completeness in being part of his body that you couldn't shut us up. That our neighbors would actually start coming and saying, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you being quiet like you used to be? What's changed? That's my heart. That's my passion. And that the word of God would flow out of us because we're so full of it that we can't keep it in it in anymore. I'm excited to do this and take this journey with you. I really look forward to seeing what God's going to do. Thanks for coming. Let me pray and close this morning as our worship team comes up and closes us. Father, we are grateful for all that you're going to do. God, I thank you that you are the architect. Thank you that by your grace, you will keep us humble. As we look to our example in Christ, it was, a, it was such a humble servant attitude. God, would you transform our hearts to be like Jesus? That as we saw in Romans, that we would not think too highly of ourselves, but we would recognize the value of every person in this body. And that we would recognize, God, that you are sovereign and you've brought us together to accomplish your mission. Which is to be your disciples and to take the gospel into every part of the world. God, help us to address our immediate neighborhoods. Help us, help us to see our neighbors as you see them. Help me to love the guy that's calling the fire department. He needs Jesus as much as any other person. Father, that my heart would break for him and his bride. Ah, that we would see people as you do. Go before us this week. Guide our hearts, guide our minds. And Father, we would ask that you would take all the glory and that you would be praised forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message from Liberty Lake Church in Liberty Lake, Washington. Our pastor, our elders, and our prayer watch team are available to pray with you or to answer any questions you may have. Contact us through www.LibertyLakeChurch.com or follow us on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you and welcome any comments you may have. 
As always, we appreciate your prayer support. Join us next week on God's Word for You for today for another message from Liberty Lake Church. Thank you again, and God bless.